What's going on, everyone? My name is Asmi Hongos, and we're back with another pod. Today is April 14th, end of day, and we're going to be talking about Apple and Google, the big two, the tech titans of the valley, teaming up for a contact tracing app to help with the spread of COVID-19. The FCC filing suggests Microsoft Service Go SQL is almost here. going to be talking about that and my, my thoughts on... Um, you know, just tablets in general. I think I was there pretty early enough to see the first iPad. I think we all were. And just my general thoughts on there. And of course, just to end it off the right way, we're going to be talking about none other than Mr. Frono's photo himself. And, you know, I think it's just nice to have lighter news and talk about it because I love Raw Talk. It's just so funny. You know, with Mr. Todd Wolf, talk about Bucky, and uh, Mr. Mister Eskert. So when it comes to this story of Apple and Google teaming up, I went through, you know, The Verge. I went through a lot of YouTube videos to make sure that what I was saying makes sense. Hopefully it's correct. But you're if you're like a software developer or an engineer, and I'm not saying the right terms, let me know. Shoot me a... Uh, anchor message or talk to me over on twitter um and yeah let's uh let's chat over twitter so i'm just gonna go over the bulletins the bulletin points um the big things that i saw uh when i was looking at the story and then afterwards i'll give you my opinions and my thoughts um so the first thing is that and the big thing i think is that this is not an app that Apple and Google are building together. It's more of the framework so that developers build their own thing and make a contact tracing app. Um, I ho- hopefully, they're working with the CDC. I was not able to find that on the Verge article. Um, or I think they're working with public health, actually. Uh, basically, they're working with healthcare professionals to make sure it's properly implemented. Uh, and one thing is that contact tracing has already been used. I think the best country that used that was South Korea. They did an incredible job. And also uh, Singapore. Singapore has also done contact tracing. And I think it's worked out really, really well. So I guess the United States is doing its best to bring that forth as well. To you know warn people in case they've been in contact with someone or someone test positive. Um, but how does it work? So, quote, in basic terms, the system lets your phone log other phones that have been nearby. As long as the system is running, your phone will, will pretty, your phone will periodically blast out a small, unique, and anonymous piece of code derived from that phone's unique ID. Other phones in range receive that code and remember it, and remember it, building up a log of the codes they've received and when they've received them. When a person that's when a person using that system receives a positive diagnosis, they can choose to submit their ID into the central database. Whether your phone checks back with that database, when your phone checks out with that database, it runs a local scan to see whether any of the codes in its log match the ID in the database. If there's a match, you can get an alert on your phone saying you've been exposed. End quote. And I'd say database is just another word for the cloud. So it also uses Bluetooth low energy up to 100 meters. And I was like, so essentially, if you 
walk through a crowd, everybody gets a separate key and whatnot. But uh, when I was watching the video, someone mentioned that you have to be in contact with that person for more than five minutes. So after five minutes, you get a key and it gets generated. And I would call it like a high five. You know, you high five the codes to one another. And, you know, both Apple and Google hope to have this done by mid-May. <clears throat> and here's something interesting. So uh, we dive a little bit more into the technical aspects of how this all works, uh, you know, to protect your privacy. So, quote, three levels of keys, a private master key that never leaves your device, a daily tracing generated from a private key, and then the string of proximity IDs that are generated by daily key, end quote. So I guess this is how you generate the keys, the way the key leaves to the cloud, the way that the keys are generated. And to me, it, it does make quite a bit of sense, right? Like the key that's your phone essentially stays static, the key that you share with someone else, and then the key that if you do test positive, I guess gets sent to the cloud to protect your anonymity. And I'm like, well, that's, that's a lot of protection. That's a lot of layers. And uh, I guess The Verge had a cryptographer, someone that's very experienced in this, um, talk about it, right? And here it goes, right? Quote, that there is a privacy reduction when it comes uh, to those that share that they are positive. Those daily keys are public. You can find out whether, you can find out which proximities IDs are associated with a given ID. This is because you're out of the realm of the encryption, end quote. So I guess... The third key is the most vulnerable key. And, um, you know, you're sharing that info with the cloud, right? When it comes to this, I'm just throwing my opinion there. I, I trust Apple with privacy, but not Google. So where where is this database going? Who's sharing this database? We'll talk a little bit more about that later. And also, I guess another concern is that, quote, this could lead to Bluetooth or malicious app making sniffing networks that collect proximity IDs in advance, con connecting them with specific identities and later correlating them to daily key escaped from the central list, end quote. So it's like, whoa, like I, I never actually thought of that. So when I was watching one of the videos, it also said that they could go into, you know, your files, your photos, your everything, and, you know, everything that's on your phone. And I remember this when it came to, you know, uh, what was it like RFID, like when uh, when a credit card, there was like a vulnerability with the credit cards. I guess that's why we have the chips now. So I guess it can do this with the Bluetooth system that they're using. But, you know, like why hasn't this happened more if we already have BLE and everybody has their Bluetooth on? That's, that's just my only concern, right? Like, the, haven't, hasn't this already been done? Or maybe I'm not too knowledgeable in that in that aspect, right? Um, so, yeah. So, we're going to move on to... Mm, let's see. the So, is this surveillance... Oh, the, this is also very important. That the keys basically stay with you for 14 days. So, I guess if you come in contact with someone, um, it, it stays with you for 14 days. After the 14 days, I guess... It gets erased. Some of the concerns with this was, as I was watching the video, um, was that Bluetooth is very easy to hack. 
another thing was that you have to opt in. So a lot of people have to opt in for it to work. And then the cloud tells people who have been nearby, the individuals about their friends testing positive. But I feel like if you, if you're a friend, like you're friends with one another, you would tell people that you, you know, you're already tested positive. So like, I, I don't know. Okay. Opinions later, opinions later. Um, and yeah, and it's also important to know that it's not going to reveal who tested positive. So I guess if you're, maybe you're like at the same, I don't know, park or something, you're very nearby, which you shouldn't be to like some random person. Um, it'll let them know. It'll let them know that they've, they have been exposed, but it won't let them know who exposed them. So I guess that's also something about privacy and that afterwards, you know, once this is all hopefully over, I think it will be over, um, that Apple can, Apple will shut it down, right? Um, and it can remove everything from its system. I also read the, the, the statements, the, their PDF on there, also link it down below in the show notes. And when it comes to the privacy, uh, this is what it says, right? Maintaining user privacy is an essential requirement in the design of this specific of this specification. The protocol does this by the following means: the contact tracing Bluetooth specification does not use location for proximity detection. It, strict, it strictly uses Bluetooth beaconing to detect proximity. It uses a user's rolling proximity identifiers change on average every 15 minutes and needs a daily tracing key to be correlated to the user. This reduces the risk of privacy loss from advertising them. From advertising them. Proximity identifiers obtained from other devices are proceeded exclusively on devices. Users decide whether to contribute to contact tracing. If diagnosed with COVID-19, users consent to sharing diagnosis key with the server. Users have transparency into the participation in contact tracing. So now let's go over, you know, the the bulletins, everything that I talked about. And I think the the biggest concern, you know, I think I've said it. You know, I, I don't trust Google with this information. I trust Apple because it's on their website, you know, and the companies don't lie on their website, right? Um, like everything i think that also what's really interesting is not that it's mandatory to have this application um you have to opt in so that let's talk about that first what is people's incentive aside from being a good citizen from downloading this app so i was listening to the robin hood snacks podcast the best podcast out there for financial um uh, podcasts, I guess, you know, if you listen to the jingle, they're not, uh, they are not, you know, and telling you to invest in anything. Um, it is my favorite podcast and they brought out this interesting idea, right? Like, okay, so people don't get anything. So what's the incentive? And like 10% of the population downloads this, right? Or like 10% of a city downloads it, right? Like, is it worth it? Is it worth it to, like build this and I'm not I'm not saying like nothing is bad about this. I think it's a really like admirable thing to do. It's very important. Um but like what will be people's incentives? How will companies how will Google and Apple be like 
it's the best for you because you know there's people that are going to be concerned about their privacy like this is slowly creeping in uh you're taking you're like sniffing and sniffing a little bit more slowly creeping into um you know people's lives you know and if you're with someone you know i have a pretty low bar for friendship <laughs> like if you spend more than five minutes with someone right um if you spend time with someone and they're your friend and test positive like i'm pretty sure you would tell them right like yo i got the the virus right so it's like i think people uh, like 95 percent of people if they got it they would immediately tell their friends um so like there's no poor effort being done here but like what, what will be people's incentives what will this company do um in terms of the hacking or in terms of you know what the cryptographer said that there was a vulnerability um and the name of safety and privacy I was also looking at one of the YouTube videos and it said like, this is one of the better ways. Um, and, I, and the video had quite a few dislikes and he's like, yes, this is the be- like one of the better ways of doing this. There could have been other systems done, but they would have had way more flaws. So I guess you're taking like the one with a vulnerability instead of maybe the one that had you know, 30 loopholes, 30 vulnerabilities implemented in there. Um, I also find it interesting that they're not building their the application itself. They're building the framework. I think maybe this is, I'm going to be optimistic and say that this is, you know, is, is there like software developers that are also doctors that also pro- that might build this? Like you probably want to have some of the best, you know, CDC World Health Organization experts making sure that the data is properly, you know, implemented. So I guess this is a joint effort um, to make this. So, so I also thought that was interesting. Uh, during May, like to implement this in May, they announced it last week. Um, it's very ambitious. It's really great. But how how long before like a like a software developer gets this and starts talking and starts building this right like yo like we're gonna get this out because software developer software development isn't easy so i guess i'm trying to be as optimistic with you know the concern for privacy uh, and surveillance because this also brings me to another point which is that you know there's no poor effort being done here i think this is great it'll help people need but people like I think um, needs some sort of incentive to do this, and maybe companies will be like, uh, "This is what they said in in Robinhood." They're like, "Yeah," and it got my wheels turning. I'm like, "Yeah, they they might they're probably gonna offer something so that people you know build this and it's more effective and more people are kept safe." And I, if they're yeah, if they give you like a ten dollar purchase, I don't know. I have like conflicting. Like, I guess I haven't processed it fully to sort of give you my opinion on that. Because, yes, this is for the greater good, for the better, um, for the betterment of everybody's health. But also, like, later on, like, what makes you think that people 
are going to be like, you have to have this application to go into, you know, a concert, you know, once this is all over or like to go into a fancy restaurant, like, you know, it'll start like in a weird way, creeping in, making sure that um, you are okay. And if that anything happens, um, you know, you send your key up there to the cloud and people get warned, right? So like it's, I nobody can predict the future. It's impossible um, unless you work for Goop or something <laughs> or you watch that Goop doc. Uh, so I think I should watch that documentary because it's hilarious. Um, like I think it'll slowly start to creep in and I, I'm just concerned for for that, right? Like what what is it saying from like, governments or you know cdc i think i trust the cdc more than you know like what's going on over there in the white house with corey announced um saying like hey now this is a staple like everybody has to have this at all times all the time whether you be android or iphone you, this has to be built in it's like the phone app you can't you can't get rid of it and that's that's scary like what, what do you mean i can't get rid of this it's an application i should be able to do what I need to, right? So, again, I think it's a great effort. Um, just a lot of questions. I think everybody's in their best. And it's nice to see a team up on, like we've never seen before. It's like Lex Luthor and Superman, right? I don't watch that much DC. You know, Apple's DC. Uh, <laughs> Apple's DC. Apple is uh, Superman and uh, Lex Luthor is Google. So, we're... Uh, they're just uh, sometimes when I do these articles, I just have like when I'm reading them out loud and talking to you guys, it's like whoa, like so many more questions, and um, it's just like you know, concerned, optimistic, haven't fully generated an opinion because you you have to like sit on these things, right? Like you have to be like it's it's for the like this application what they're doing is for the greater good. But what is it later in the future? How will it impact everybody? Because strange times right now, everybody. What are we doing? Like, uh, like what are we doing with this technology right now? Might be a completely different thing later in the future. And uh, no, I'm not trying to sound like a freaking conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but again, tweet at me. Let's have a conversation. And uh, let's see where it goes from there. So... Uh, and um yeah so hopefully more than like i think if it's advertised correctly then people will most likely download it um but now next is the fcc filing suggests microsoft uh sequel is almost here and this is really this is really cool right so i guess the fcc approved a new tablet i didn't even know that the fcc approved tablets i thought excuse me i always thought it was some other entity that approved this but the fcc did it i guess because you can stream on it or something i should look into that so the surface project v is a title of what maybe many people think it's the surface book three it could definitely be the surface book three for sure though based on this what they're saying um well, it has been confirmed. Well, it, I can't talk today. Well, it hasn't been confirmed. A pet three rumor from February suggests that a GoFresh 
a Go refresh would allow you to stick to the familiar design, including the 10-inch screen. The base model would stick with a lower-end Pentium Gold processor, but there would reportedly be a version with M-Core processor, like a Core M3 as well. So this is really cool, man. Like, I think Microsoft has gone so good with the Surface. Like, I'm looking at the picture of the previous one, and it just... It's a really interesting fact. Like Microsoft had it right. Like the like the tablet, the way they designed it with a stylus and a keyboard, it's just a better way. Like I just look at the, I'm just looking at this thing and I'm like, "Wait, this is the last version? This looks like an iPad. iPad just did it, right? Like they give us a keyboard and they give us a stylus, the things that, you know, Steve Jobs didn't want." Um and it, I was like, I, I'd rather buy that one, you know, probably not gonna, but <laughs> Apple. Um, let, let's talk about this state of tablets for a few minutes. Let's give it like two minutes on the clock. Um, so I, I remember when that that uh, the first iPad was announced. It was crazy. Steve Jobs was like, this is the next thing. This is the next big thing, the thing we've been working on. Everybody laughed though, because it's like, it's just a giant iPhone and it has taken off. Um, you know, I think it had a very, very, very slow start. Microsoft introduced their Surface Book, a bunch of other Android tablets that nobody remembers, but the Surface Book stands out to me because, hey, guess what? It has a stylus and it has a keyboard. And you can just do so much more with that. They integrated everything really, really well. And then the iPad slowed down until the iPad Pro came out. And it's just like, whoa, this is it, right? But, hey, they still didn't want to give us the stylus or they gave us a stylus, a very poorly designed stylus. And then, you know, we're, we're getting to this iPad Pro, the newest iPad Pro this year, and it's there. And it's like the close, oh, of course, they made iPad OS. Now it feels even more like a laptop. And I think this is, this new Surface is gonna be the competitor. Like, it's gonna be Microsoft versus um, the iPad Pro. And, you know, I'm going to do a little bit more research on this because I think there's just way more functionality based on the OS that this Microsoft tablet is running. But right now, the the state of uh, tablets, the thing that everybody was, you know, heavily investing into just feels so like, I feel like it's going to be like a resurgence, but between two big competitors, you know, much like we have like Pixel versus uh, iPhone, we're gonna have Microsoft Surface versus um, iPad Pro or just regular iPad, but they're gonna be the two best. And I think that Microsoft has the edge because they're just a little bit, you know, a lot more willing to take risks. If I if I correct it right there, they're more willing to take risks, and it just looks really cool. And they and Microsoft got it right, you know, like the tablet needs to feel more like a laptop. And I think we're getting there with, you know, Moore's Law. Um, but at what point does the tablet just, do we just get rid of the word tablet and it's just, oh, it's just a laptop? Because I think the two-in-one is really cool. Like, I can see myself just using a tablet, but like if you're going on a trip, when it comes to the service, I'm just like, oh. If I'm going on a trip, 
then why wouldn't I bring the keyboard and stuff? You know, so it, it's got its variety. Um, but most of the development, so like one of my favorite things right now is uh, Affinity, like Affinity Designer, and that's only on the iPad. So like most people are going to bank on the iPad because it's definitely a more artistic tool. Not saying that the Microsoft one can't, but, you know, as an artist, I definitely see myself gravitating more towards the iPad because most products are just first built for iOS and then moved on later on. But, you know, as a, as a tech consumer, I think that I would just have both, you know, get the best experience of both worlds. And I'm really happy where tablets are going, their form factor, um, and just it's slowing down and trickling down so that we get much better products. So that's it. That's my little shebang on uh, the tablet. Next, we're going to talk about Mr. Frono's photo. Um, of course, got to talk about him. If you're a photographer and you've never seen him, you're missing out. Uh, I thought it was just really hilarious to see, you know, Ron talk back. It's probably like the the podcast, the photography podcast before photography podcasts were a thing like mine. Um, and I would just suggest it as a way to, you know, pass the time, uh, hear some funny moments and, you know, just listen to something that isn't the freaking news, man. Like, uh, but I think, um, they talked a lot about the R5 and like everybody is like really excited about it. And I thought it was a good, it was a good pod, the, the returning one. So make sure to check that one out. I'm going to leave this pod relatively short um, because I feel like I talked about Google and Apple. And uh, yeah, let me know. Feel free to check out my YouTube video on Quibi. Uh, I feel like I give a pretty good review on that one. And uh, just to like summarize it here, uh, it's, it's not very good. Like in... In the ways that it doesn't bring anything new to the table, right? Like, the production is extremely high. It's incredible. You know, probably best videographer, uh, you know, cinematographers, sound engineers, editors, color graders in the world. They brought into this. Um, but to me, it, it doesn't bring anything special. It's It's nothing awesome. It's nothing new. And they're relying a lot on star power, which I really, really don't care about mega celebrities. And uh, make sure to just check that out and let me know. Um, but that's it for now. Um, let me know. Follow me on Twitter. At the, end, at the end of the day, I thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Isaac Hangos, and I'll catch you in the next one.